You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. This is Heaven Bent. Season 4, Bonus Episode 3. I'm Tara Jean Stevens. Father, we ask that you would be in our midst, that you would minister to us, that you would speak to us. And that's Dave Slyker one of the executive leaders at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, Missouri. And it's been about a month now since Dave and a group of fellow executive leaders, the ELT, were forced to start publicly handling allegations against their founding leader, Mike Bickle. Allegations of both sexual and spiritual abuse going back to the 90s. We're asking for your forgiveness and your help. I'm asking for that light, Tests our hearts and our understanding. The beauty of your son, radiant in our midst in the day tonight and the days ahead. We're asking for grace, grace. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this is a bit of an unusual moment. And yeah, just timeline-wise, it was back on Sunday morning, October 29th that the ELT first confirmed to their congregation that there were allegations against Mike and that he'd stepped away from his ministry. He has not been heard from or appeared publicly since. And as we seek to eventually have a true and full understanding of what's allegedly been happening at IHOP and the manner in which the ELT are handling this, publicly and privately, for now, on this episode, another insightful secret recording. This one was recorded by someone from the IHOP community on Friday, October 27th, so two days before IHOP first announced it to the congregation. Basically, before they made any public statement, they told their community in a series of meetings. There was also one with staff right before this one. And this audio allows us to go back in time and hear how Dave Slyker broke the news to the ministry students at IHOP U. Dave is presently the president of IHOPU, an unaccredited Bible school that trains up nearly a thousand messengers, missionaries, musicians, and intercessors every year. Just a statement that I want to share. It's in relationship to recent, by recent, I mean a few days ago. The IHOP KC leadership team received some serious allegations uh, related to Mike Bickle against him. And the leadership team is taking those allegations very seriously. This episode, you're going to hear nearly the entire meeting, or nearly the entire recording that was provided to me of that meeting. And I want you to know that I have taken out some repetitive moments. You also won't hear the voices of any of the students. You also won't hear much of what Matt Candler shared. He is the director of internships and an instructor at IHOPU, and he was also on stage with Dave Slyker. But anything that Matt shared is pretty much reflected in everything that you will hear Dave Slyker share, so I don't feel like you're missing anything. You're still getting the guts of this meeting, which was, with what I've been told, a few hundred locally and then a whole bunch streaming online from wherever. And as Dave was saying, the leadership team was taking these allegations very seriously. And by seriously, what I mean is we are 
receiving them, we are pursuing them, pursuing, investigating them, getting clarity on the details as best as we can. And um, it's going to take time to work through these allegations to find our way to the truth related to them. And so in that, I want to say that we can't, and this is the frustrating part, this is where lots of folks talk to me in the service I just came from, the frustrating part is we're not going to comment on the nature of the allegations. They're not legal. Somebody's not bringing a legal charge against Mike related, you know, related to the law, related to anything like that. The other thing that I want to be really clear on is that we're not at all. I don't, I don't want, as we talk about, whatever we talk about, I can't stop you from talking, but I can urge you to not uh, assign or make this the Black Horse or the Black Horse Narrative, don't bring that idea into this. The Black Horse Narrative. It's always been really important at IHOP. It's part of their rich and complex prophetic world. And it has a much longer history than just right now, but for our purposes, the Black Horse was part of the prophetic language that Mike used on stage as recently as a few days before the news of the allegations went public. He used it to prophesy to his congregation about an attack that was coming. In this community, the Black Horse represents a demonic attack of major consequence. Even still, here, Dave Slaker is counseling these IHOPU students against connecting the dots between that and what's happening now. The reason that matters is because we don't we want the freedom for people to come forward when they have allegations, when, they, when something's happened to them, when they want to report something. We want the freedom for people in this spiritual family to be able to come forward without the fear or the idea that their, their allegation is going to be labeled as a demonic accusation or a black horse thing. And, and then suddenly it's not safe for a woman or anyone to come forward with a with a concern, with a point of pain, or something that they want to work through. And so um, so we're not going with the Black Horse narrative. I'm urging you to do the same. If somebody says, hey, do you think it's the Black Horse? Just say no. Don't spiritualize it. Don't hyper-spiritualize it. Don't add to it. Don't try to figure out. There's a race in these kinds of moments for certainty and information and knowing more than the other guy and the guy that knows more is the cool guy. And uh, we don't want to do that with this kind of thing because there's real dynamics with real human beings that really are coming forward to, to bring some things. And we've got we've to work through what they're bringing. And we've got to work through those um, with Mike and, and as he answers those. And so we don't have those answers at this time. We don't have clarity at this time. But, uh, but what we do have is a sense that we don't want to spiritualize this in a way that makes it weird. If somebody wants to report something or heart, we want to really care for those that have been victimized in our midst. We want to really care for those that have been injured, hurt in the future going forward. We just want this to be a really safe community to bring concerns, to bring issues, to bring things like that. That is really important to us. Our other concern, so one of our primary concerns is for ones that have you know, been hurt, been injured, been, been victimized, etc. But secondly, we care a ton about you guys. We care a ton about 
the broader IHOPKC community, our church, our church family, our staff, our, our wonderful two-part worship teams. In a moment like this, we do this this way because we care about you. And, um, and so one of the things that's confusing in a moment like this for ministry school students is we're going to say less than you want us to, but because it feels like saying more would be helpful. And actually, I want you to trust me on this. Saying more isn't always helpful, particularly when you're saying more before more is ready to be said. So what I mean is, in a moment like this, when you're looking for clarity, clarity can feel like secrecy. So you're going to ask some questions, like, what about this? And I'm going to say, hey, I can't comment on that. Hey, what about this? And I'm going to say, I can't, I can't answer that. And it's going to feel like secrecy. I'm not keeping a secret. I can't tell you more than I know for sure right now. I can't get ahead of the truth to make you feel better in this moment. And that's where it's unsettling. Like lots of people came to me just now unsettled. Like this is unsettling. Why couldn't you guys tell us more? I go, yeah, we wouldn't handle you this way if an allegation came against you before we had clarity on that allegation. We wouldn't want to get the train of people's opinions started about you. Because in a thing like this, people are going to pick sides. And I just can't bear the thought of this school and these internships picking sides. I want to be on Team Jesus. And I want to be on Team Truth from Jesus in a way that's redemptive in every way that it can be. And so if you want to be Team Jesus and Team Redemption and Team Truth, then you have to be patient. Because we've got to lean into him. To, to speak, reveal, shine the light, cause this thing to come to light, that thing to come to light. He's got to help us. And short of his help, we've got to engage in a process. We have to investigate. And we have to, again, come to the truth as best as we're able, as soon as we're able. Somebody asked me, when will it be? I'm like, well, we just, we just heard this Tuesday. And so, uh, so after we heard this Tuesday, we started taking actions. But... There's only so many actions you can take when you don't know much. And so again, that's gonna be frustrating. There has been a constant storyline for weeks now, and I mentioned this last episode. It's the whole who knew what when thing. And the ELT, they've stated in various ways, publicly and privately, that they only officially knew of these allegations against Mike on Tuesday, October 24. But the former leaders, the advocates, in a statement, they say that Stuart Greaves, IHOP's executive director, was informed officially on October 9th and that the entire ELT has known officially since October 10th. They also say they were unofficially talking to Stuart and others about situations concerning these very allegations as far back as 2022. And how there can be such a discrepancy seems silly, but here we are. And back to this meeting, Dave Slyker. Here he's acknowledging how frustrating it's going to be for the students to not get more details from them. But I, I like what Isaac said, Bennett, in a different meeting. He said, hey, don't, don't get together and share data points. That's not going to help you so much. Somebody else was like, should I go look for the information? I go, you can't, but I don't know if it's going to help you all that much. I think, um, I think if it was easy to Google, we'd have our answers by now. If it was easy to go to Jimmy, Across town, we'd have our answers by now. But that's not quite how this stuff works. Not if you want to handle this responsibly in a way that honors the one bringing the allegation and the one that honors the one having the allegation against. 
Somebody in another meeting, they said, uh, I'm probably asking all your questions for you. I don't hope I am. Um, somebody in another meeting said, hey, why isn't Mike, where's Mike? Why isn't he here answering? I go, well, the moment we have him here answering, the moment we hand him the microphone to help tell his side of the story, that, that's a huge statement to the person bringing the allegation. And we don't want to do that. We, we're not looking to pick Mike over the person bringing the allegation. But we're not looking to run with the allegation and, and uh, say A, B, and C about Mike. It's not time to do that yet. And so, um, and so again, we're, I'm asking for patience in the process and patience with the leadership team. Pray for us. It's not easy. But, um, but we want to do this right before the Lord in a way that considers the people that are coming with the allegations in a way that cares for you all in our community, and also in a way that cares for Mike and Diane and the extended Bickle family. We're praying for them as well. And we're concerned for them as well. And so, beyond that, we trust the Lord. But in that arena, we want to serve as best as we can. And I want to say, get together. Talk. Ask questions. Ask them. To one another. To us. Like, you're going to feel like, like one of the things that's going to hit you is you guys. You're at Applebee's. I hope you're never at Applebee's. You're a uh, you're at Applebee's, you're having some dollar slider. And, uh, and you're, you ask a question, and then you look at the people you're with and you go, is it okay that I said that? And I just, yeah, just, we're gonna, it's gonna be awkward. You're not sitting, you're not wrong, you're not in violation of the protocol. If you ask each other questions and don't have answers, I think where you do get funny, is when you say an answer that you don't have with more strength than you, you're pretending at that point. And I can feel like at this moment, you know, Johnny from California that's texting me, or Jimmy from, you know, Lee's Summit that seems to know more than my leaders, seems like he has answers. No, he doesn't have answers. He just has strength of personality to say it strong. And that can be confusing. And the hardest thing to do in this moment is the guy who thinks he has answers just smiling at him and going, thanks, buddy. And not needing to tease it out and not needing to, you know, whatever, whatever. Our soul craves something that the Lord isn't giving us right now. And so we, we go slowly. At this point in the meeting, it turns into a question and answer period. Again, I've removed all the voices of students here and the moments with more personal information to respect their privacy, especially during an extremely vulnerable and confusing time. And amongst the first few questions was one about how difficult it was going to be for so many of them, so many of the ministry students hearing this, that it would be difficult for them to wrestle with even the possibility that something really bad may have happened here. But this person's actual question was basically, how do you navigate your emotions when someone in a pastoral leadership role, someone who has nurtured your spiritual life and made huge impacts on your beliefs, how do you navigate your emotions when someone like that, potentially, has let you down? When a leader falls. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to go there yet. Because again, I think sometimes, so afraid of pain and heartache that we want to anticipate it and prepare for it and solve it before we have it. And, and I, I just say, let, let's see what happens tomorrow and next week and next month, and let's deal with it together as it comes. 
rather than trying to anticipate and solve it before it comes, because you end up, your soul isn't the best navigator right. of potential situations. Right. It'll always exaggerate the possibilities, it will always add dynamics, and then the weight of it will be different than what actually happens, when it happens, and well, I, I'm, I'm ahead of you guys, I'm a few days in, Here's how I'm navigating it, just the difficulty, the situation, the pressure, the dynamics, all of it. I'm just looking at my friends and going, help, I don't know what to do, pray for me. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> it was like, we're, we're, we're navigating it as we can, as it comes, not trying to get ahead of it, navigate tomorrow's proposal. Not trying to respond today for something that may or may not happen days in the future. Well, it's Matthew 6. Do not worry about tomorrow for it has enough troubles of its own. Let's navigate today's worries and get to tomorrow and see what happens. That guy that just chimed in there? That was Matt Candler, Director of Internships. But again, this meeting is largely Dave Slyker. He takes the next question from a student. What should we be praying for? And just a heads up, Dave's about to talk about Mike and Diane. Diane is Mike Bickle's wife. Pray for your leaders. And I mean even your, your uh, One Thing Internship leaders. Pray for them. They are walking through this with you, and this is new to them. And so the expectation is that they'll know how to pastor you right now, and that's not a real expectation. And so they're, they've got the Holy Spirit. They've got, they've got grace for the assignment. The Lord will help them. And surprise them with wisdom that comes out of their mouth. They're going to be surprised by the Holy Spirit. But um, but also, um, they need prayer too. I need prayer. We need prayer. Um, the the people involved that are bringing the allegations, they need prayer. The you know Mike, Diane, they need prayer. And so to honestly, prayer is such a great answer. Leaning in, and then when you're feeling that fogginess and that funniness, get prayer. Like it's such a great moment to grab your friends in the internship and go, hey, right here, right now. Foggy again, this is weird, I don't feel right, Just pray for me. And uh, what'll end up happening is, I mean, the most horrible things, Romans 8, the Lord can turn to our advantage related to his love for us. And so, uh, so you end up in a horrible situation, bonding hearts around prayer and being there for one another. And it's just such a simple, great, helpful answer. In this next moment, Dave offers up some more advice. I have a weird piece of advice that I think will hit some of you. Some of you are going to look at me and tell me about it. That's just, I guess that's the day for it. But, uh, but uh, uh, don't get sad because you feel like you're supposed to be. In a moment like this, where a leader that is important and people care, and I care and Matt cares, hits me in a certain way because it's really personal to me, but it might not be as personal to you. You don't have to be sad because I'm sad. And you don't have to be sad because they're sad. Sometimes we feel like we're part of the team if we're sad. And you don't have to do that. You don't have to feel. Just feel what you feel when you feel it. Don't wonder what's wrong with you if you don't feel it. Wait, shouldn't I be sad? Are you? No, then no. For real. I, I know that sounds silly, but in moments like this, you can look at the person next to you and they're sad, and you feel like, well, if I'm a good team player, I'll be sad too. And so we can, can this is a harsh way of saying it, we can contrive sadness that we're not feeling because we feel like we're supposed to. Don't. 
Let something hit you when it hits you. Nothing hits you. You're not a bad person or a bad Christian if you walk into a room and tell a joke. Three people are sad. You come in, you're not feeling it. You joke. They look at you like, how could you? You're like, sorry. It's okay. You're not in sin. Right? You don't, that, we, we don't know how to navigate one another when the emotions all don't match up or line up. And we don't have to find solidarity in our emotion. Feel what you feel when you feel it. And then we'll deal with it when it comes. I'm not exactly sure why Dave said that, but it does remind me of something that reportedly happened in 2014. And this came up in season four, episode five, when we learned about the group of five former IHOPers who went into mediation with IHOP ELT. That was over allegations of what they described at the time as mean and abusive sociopathic behavior. And part of that story is that they say even though the charges they were bringing to the table were serious and painful, Mike was lighthearted in their primary meeting and that he joked through it. And I'm not saying that Dave was referencing that here. I'm just saying I thought it was interesting that that kind of thing had come up before. Okay, another question from, this is one of the students who was just so clearly, deeply hurting over all of this. And one of their questions was, what do I do about overthinking about all of these allegations and what happened and what might have happened and what's to come? You don't always have to deal with everything. Sometimes you just overthink and you're like, well, there I go again. This is it. <laughs> overthink and don't overthink, overthink. <laughs> Next question, and this one Dave actually seemed really eager to answer. Great question. I love that question. Talking to parents and family, I think... Um... Yeah, it's a pretty good question. At this point, what should the IHOPU ministry students tell their parents and family about these newly surfaced allegations? I would suggest a responsive approach before you take a proactive approach. And what I mean is... If your parents and family have questions, answer them to the best of your ability. But the more proactive you are, the more frustrated you're going to be that you don't have answers. And so you're going to go to your parents and go, hey, something happened and I have you. And they're going to be like, what? And you're going to go, I don't quite know. <laughs> and they're going to start asking you questions. And now you're going to be like, I need answers. And you do that to yourself. I would respond right now before you be proactive. Just respond to people that come to you. Respond to family members that come to you. Respond to friends as best as you can. And be honest about the answers you don't have. And that's okay. Again, I think there's going to be a time, by the grace of God, we're going to come to a moment. And I don't know if that's two days, two months, two years. And I say two years and somebody out there is like, he was promise. But I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but at such time, by the grace of God, we're able to say, man, man, man. You can be proactive at that moment, like, hey, this thing at IHOP that you heard about, there's some resolution, there's some things I can tell you about it. And so I think, again, don't get ahead of what you know for the sake of trying to be helpful. Be responsive to the measure that you're able to be to help people to the measure that you really can. Not how you, there's a gap between your real ability to help people and your empathetic wanting to help people. And that's the gap that drives us to want to know more than we know. And that's why I keep counseling patients.
So this meeting with IHOPU students continues, and amidst the question and answer period, Dave Slyker slipped a prayer in. Lord, we're asking for real that uh, that he that we would be able to prove what is excellent, that we would be able to, to discern as it relates to a situation like this. God, we want the most Jesus as we can experience in this moment in wisdom and clarity and exposing what needs to be exposed and answering what needs to be answered and clearing up what what is foggy. I mean, really pray that that the, the beauty of Jesus would be in the midst in all of those ways that helps us in the most redemptive way possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for this Next student question. How can you prepare for the pain that could be coming from all this, whether he's guilty of anything or not? Here's how you can prepare for pain. But specifically what you asked was better. How do I prepare? You can't prepare for pain in one sense, but you can prepare for offense. One of the ways you do that is you find awesome friends that you'll actually listen to when you start getting bit with cynicism and offense, that when they tell you to stop it, you'll actually stop it. And leaders that you trust, that you've got, that you've put some time in with, that can say hard things to you. So that when you, you gotta find, you gotta surround yourself with people that will say the stuff you don't wanna hear, and you'll listen to them. You want them to say what you don't wanna hear. And you'll actually listen when they say it. That I, I find that's one of the rarest things in life is the person that has the wherewithal to find close friends that they know will tell them what they don't want to hear and they're in. They're open, they're like, tell it, say it, I need it. And they'll actually yield to it, they'll listen. That is one of the most massive safeguards against offense and cynicism. It's something I've heard over the years, you know, you get somebody starting to get kind of funny and their friend goes, hey, stop it. And they give a little perspective. There's always a, in that moment a choice. Do I roll my eyes and go, uh, you just always say that stuff and dismiss it? Or do I go, wait, no, thank you, I needed that. And one of the, so one of the hardest things to do, the friend that'll say the hard stuff, the leader that'll say it straight, we'll listen when we need to and we'll yield to it. That, that, if we do that, then we can actually even get a little offended for a minute. But we got the friend and the leader that'll talk us out of it. And there's more, obviously, to that subject than this, but I want to urge you to prioritize that thing for God. And how about Mike? At this point, in this meeting, they hadn't shared anything yet about what was happening with him. We're asking Mike to step down from teaching for a season and not be in the prayer room for a season while we sort this out. But in... Just, I probably say more than I need to on that. But one of the one of the most practical reasons would be we, we want the prayer room to be a place where we pray, you know, where people high five Mike and tell him they're on the they're on his team. And so we want to remove the complexities and the smoke and just sort it out and really work work through this. And the questions kept coming. Another was, how can we, the students, help you, the ELT? I mean, to the measure that you can own what, I, what we've said tonight and repeat it in your own way, that, to the measure you find it helpful and wise to de-escalate people, because that's really what ends up happening in these kinds of things. Um, people aren't always so trusting because these situations aren't always handled well. And I'm not advertising that we're gonna handle it well. Handle it well. That's the... Um, we're, we're wanting to 
work through it and handle it as well as we can by the grace of God with help. But, um, but, but yeah, in that, I don't know as much as I'd like to know. I don't trust you as much as I need to. I don't know if I like the way you're doing this. And what ends up happening is it creates a storm in our soul that starts to escalate. Our own soul in it. Like, ah. And so the, so the measure by which we can gently, as a, as a friend, brother, sister in the Lord, de-escalate. And just go, wait, no, come on, we're going to do this. We'll figure this out. But the Lord is real. God is with We're not going to put the existence of God aside in a hard moment. We're going to trust that the Lord is with us. I've never been in a moment like this before. But I've been in enough moments similar to this to know that very sincere people that love Jesus want to do right by the Lord in the way that they interact. And so they accidentally create a ton of supposed tos. And the supposed tos create an awkward social dynamic where you don't know how to hang out. And, and I'm wanting to, but, but it ends up, what it ends up doing is it ends up working against the very thing you need the most, hanging out, yeah. being together, talking honestly. Saying it wrong, right? Making an assumption or two. The, the but the supposed tos, because what ends up happening is you're at Applebee's and now there's three supposed tos. Well, you're not supposed to do that. Hey, you're not supposed to do that. Right? How do you know we're supposed to be at Applebee's? Are you supposed to be at Applebee's? I don't think we're supposed to be at Applebee's. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it just it cripples the thing you need most, which is healthy, godly community, spiritual brothers and sisters that love Jesus. That you're just sometimes you just need to be with them. And you don't need a ton of extra social rules to figure out how to be with them right. And one of the final questions of the meeting, an earnest question from a young female student who wanted to know if the leaders weren't going to give them any specifics about the allegations, why were they bringing this up at all? Basically, and this is her language, what is your heart intent here? Well, I think that's a great question. Because the nature of this kind of allegation and the nature of the person that it involves means that you're either going to hear it from me on my terms or you're going to hear it from them with all of the sloppiness and ungodliness that comes with the presumption of thinking they get to tell you. And so are we wanting you to pray? Sure. But that actually isn't the primary reason for this meeting. The primary reason for this meeting is that this is an inflammatory moment that has potentially international ramifications. The words that I say right now in this microphone can be amplified internationally in very negative ways. But at least it's me saying it. And at least I'm gonna pay that bill. But the guy, so because I have to pay that bill, because I'm accountable, before the word, before to how we navigate this together, that means I'm gonna be more careful and biblical, or at least try to be. But there's a guy out there or a girl out there that's not going to have to pay this bill. They don't, they're not actually accountable for how this community goes. They're not answerable, but they got tons of opinions. And if there's anything that is just not fun, is a presumptuous person with tons of opinions and no information, but they pretend they have it. And they have no issues with telling you exactly what they think is going on. You hear it from that person before you hear it from me, we're out of order. That's not great. So to the best of our ability, now, if you hear it from them, it might go better, because you heard it from me first. And now you can say, you're actually now equipped to say, I don't know if you have the right version. Versus like, well, I'm telling you I do. You're like, well, Dave Slyker talked to us on Friday night, and then there's you 
Jim Bob. And if I got to pick, I think I'm going to pick Sliker over you, Jim Bob, because I can't grasp that you have more information on this than Dave Sliker. Oh, trust me, I know somebody on the inside, and they this and they that. And again, you might even go, okay, Jim Bob, I'll believe you. But at least I gave it a shot to go first and see if we can do this in a healthy way. Well, I'm going to hang around for a bit. You're going to hang around for a bit? A bunch of us over there, hopefully you're going to hang around for a bit. Just because we're ending doesn't mean we're done taking questions and comments. Please you know, keep corresponding with us as this goes forward and we want to be as helpful as we can be. Lord, we ask. Grace, grace. We're asking for your presence, your help, your grace. You, we're asking for the cross, the blood of Jesus, and all that you are and all that you do to bring forth the most redemption possible in a situation where we can broken people are involved. We're asking for grace. God, I'm asking for those that are bringing the allegations. God, I'm asking that you would be with them, that you would comfort them, that there would be no wondering, you know, and the fear and the difficulty of what it means to even bring something like this. I'm asking that there would be so much grace and peace. God, we're asking for Mike, for Diane, for the Bickle family. God, would you have grace? Would you release grace on them right now? Would you be with them and help them? Everybody involved, we're asking for much, much grace. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this Season 4 bonus episode. I'm Tara Jean Stevens. What jumped out at me most from this meeting? I think it was when he advised them not to tell their parents anything that was going on. Can you imagine if you sent your daughter off to any Bible school and you find out that the president of that school told your daughter not to tell you that the founding leader has been accused of decades-long sexual clergy abuse? not to say anything to you unless you come to them, and even if you do, to have a sort of PR statement response ready. I don't have a daughter at IHOP, but if I did, I'd sure want and deserve to know exactly what was going on here. And that's even if the allegations are completely false. Completely false and stirred up, as some of Mike's supporters say, stirred up by a group of jealous former leaders who just couldn't cut it in this place. Men hell-bent on destroying the ministry that Mike's built on their way out the door. Even if that is true, what is going on in your organization's culture that people would even be led to make such shocking false accusations? There is so much going on with this evolving story online, so please follow along. Find Heaven Bent on your favorite social media. For example, you can read one of IHOP's most recent statements regarding the language they've been using to describe the former leaders who are advocating. So they used to call them the complaint group, but many felt that was dismissive and derogatory. So the IHOP leadership team will, moving forward, will now call them the advocate group. And it's a move that some people are celebrating as a step in the right direction in regards to how IHOP is handling this publicly. But on the other end of things, you have people online like at James Isaacs 440, who describes this as akin to rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Also, finally, in conclusion, let it be known, 
that despite numerous accusations online, I am not a witch. There is no witchcraft involved here. But I do consider the accusations as a pretty see-through attempt, whether conscious or unconscious, to discredit my work and the voices of the people who have so bravely shared their IHOP experiences here over the last numerous episodes. So again, not a witch. Thank you. And until next time.